Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Lee. Well, episode seven, this is where we get a significant sound upgrade that lasts permanently. So you should notice that every single speaker now has a microphone to themselves. Whether they choose to speak into it or not is still up for debate. That seems to still be something that we struggle with even to this day. But from this point onwards, you should notice a significant lift in the quality. Please enjoy the episode. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. Alright, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. Uh, I'm here with a very, very crowded room today. Uh, we do have, on my left, James Baisley. Welcome, James. That'll be your sixth guest appearance out of the seven possible scenarios. Yep, welcome. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Mitch, okay, Skin, and the Master of Skin Stats and Scats. <laughs> we haven't heard him scat yet, but um, Stats, definitely. Um, he is here on my right and then guys this is an exciting night obviously everyone loves episode number seven Uh, it's a great number one of my favorites Uh, and this is our first ever in-house guest uh, and Sam Hazlitt is with us tonight who is obviously Brisbane Heat and Queensland Bulls player representative player and a great man has uh we do unfortunately not have a microphone for you (laughs) so you are sharing so you and skin just get nice and cozy there um Give us, right. we'll yeah. Give us something, mate. Let the listeners know that you're here. Yeah, look, it's an honour to be here uh, as an avid, uh, avid <laughs> listener of the of the podcast each week. I've listened to all six, so uh, it's quite surreal to be a part of it this week for the seventh. Oh, that is proper research. You oh, know exactly how many we've done. It's fantastic. It's great yeah, to not hear. to after the amount of time <clears throat> to repeat it. So. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Um, and has you actually played? A, you played a game. We might as well just get straight into your segment here. Let's let's get you started. You played a game to. Today, didn't you? Oh, I think we can skip that one. <laughs> no, I did. I did. We, we played a game up at the sunny coast, the Queensland Bulls, first uh, practice game of the year against South Australia in a one-dayer. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun to get out in the middle. Unfortunately, I didn't spend too much time out there with the bat personally, um, getting burgled down leg side for zero. But um, oh, jeez, that hurts. That's an ordinary way to get <laughs> dismissed as well. Yeah, and and you know they often say that uh, it happens once a year getting burgled, but uh, I think I got burgled about five times last year, so <laughs> oh, yeah. it might not be the last one. Well, we uh, played in three games that you got burgled, I reckon. So, uh, so that's definitely more than once a year. Last time I checked, yeah. you got to stop being so good. Has it literally comes off the face of your bat? <laughs> you don't even edge it you're that good and that's one to find leg <laughs> and out uh, 
Um, well, that's bad luck, hasn't it? Obviously not utilised for your left arm orthodoxes, which we've seen are quite handy. Yeah, I thought I might get a bowl. I was uh, told I was a good good chance, but uh, hopefully next time. But uh, we did watch a masterclass in the, in the middle from Matt Renshaw, scored 100. So that was awesome to see from him, getting some runs on the board early on. And um, Matt Kuhneman bowled the house down with a few wickets. And, uh, and yeah, we were able to chase down South Australia's total and... and um, and get the first win for the season. That's it. Uh, Has I've just got to experiment with something here, I think, um, but that, that story probably deserves... Some no, laughing. it doesn't. It doesn't deserve <laughs> laughing at all. So um, that was a poor experiment. I might label those buttons for next time, but, you know, sometimes you just got to make mistakes, and that was the point that we were getting to, wasn't it, Has? You might oh, have to tell the listeners what buttons you're pressing there, yeah, Lethal. Uh, you have not updated them yet. Mm, that's a good point. It's a good point. Um, well, yeah, we, we do have plenty of buttons <laughs> to press. <laughs> We're random buttons. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, last week we had the discussion, obviously, where Baz sort of had a crack at me about how, you know, the, so- the song's already been recorded, um, but obviously we hadn't yet put it up. Uh, and so then I thought that it would be a great idea um, just to make a point to Baze, I went out and bought some equipment. Oh, that. <laughs> uh, that's a very expensive point. But um, yeah, I went out and bought some equipment that we could now record live with. So essentially everything that you're hearing, including Sam Hazlitt, uh, is actually live and in front of you, including that laughter, which I was hoping was going to be a round of applause, but that's obviously a different button. It's a different color. Mm. Yeah, well, I'll find that one at some stage. Very professional in here. Mm. Thank you, Has. Yeah, you were, with this this would probably be the biggest media performance you've done in recent times. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, yeah. certainly. Yeah, oh, well, that's, what I, that's what I like to hear. Um, has obviously that was the first preseason game that you played today. Um, can you give us a bit of a, a bit of insight into sort of? There's been a change in the season fixtures for this year. I've understood um, in terms of certainly the Queensland Bulls stuff. We've obviously in the past couple of years we've seen big blocks of one days at the at the start of the year, and then that's been uh, all done and. And then straight into Shield cricket with obviously the 17 months of Big Bash in the middle, um, which we've talked about a little bit. But uh, that's changing, as I understand, for this year. Is that correct? It is, yeah. So, I mean, we still have all the one days before Big Bash and uh, same structure as in the six Shield games before Big Bash and four after. However, those Shield games and one days are mixed up a little bit. We play a couple of one days first um, and then we go go to a bit of a structure that they used to play back in the day where um, – couple of games we'll go and play a shield game and then we play a one day uh, after a day's rest after that shield game and uh, and play maybe on a bigger ground instead of playing on the smaller club grounds in Sydney which we had for the one days in the past which will be good exposure playing the one days in those bigger grounds absolutely fantastic that's awesome um, and obviously the big bash is still smack bang in the middle there and uh, you'll be representing the Brisbane heat again has this year yep back there again so um, yeah that'll add some good a uh, good chance to try and adapt to conditions, adapt to different formats, one to the other. I guess in international cricket, they have to do that a lot. Um, we're more used to having yeah, one than the next, but we're uh, chopping and changing a bit, which is good practice. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have to spend too much time away from home either, has you don't really see much of Australia with every single contract you've got is just smack bang in the middle of Brisbane, including your, uh, well, probably the furthest that you travel is to the Peter Bird Jable for Redlands, actually. Yeah, it's not too far away, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, magnificent. Um, and has just on that Brisbane Heat stuff, uh, when would you expect that sort of squad to be finalised? Has it been finalised at this stage? Is that something that you stay in the loop with or you just sort of rock up in December and, and hit balls? Uh, there's still a few unknowns for me, actually, what the, what the full squad is going to be. I've heard of a few 
a few outs. Um, still waiting on a few final contract negotiations. I think we've we've got I think Majib coming back again this year, from what I hear, That's as an overseas. Handy. Uh, but Brendan McCullum not coming back, as as a lot of people would know. Um, retired from all forms of cricket now, I believe. A wonderful career. Um, Baz had he really good influence on the Brisbane Heat. Um, so I think we're looking for another overseas player and yeah. um, I guess once they decide who that's going to be and, and the the, the, um, the details of the contract and they can finalise a few more of the local players and see what they go in that direction. And new coach as well this year has. Yeah, Darren Lehman. He's uh, won the only uh, title that the Brisbane Heat have won in the Big Bash. So uh, hopefully he can bring that success back this time around and, and obviously a very good coach. I've uh, had a couple of hits with him. In the Nets at Albion already working on the T20 game, so um, he's been he's been a good influence already. That's awesome. Uh, and again, this is a little bit a little bit off the cuff, has but is it difficult? Um, obviously, you've sort of got the one days coming up. You've got Shield cricket before you go into the Big Bash, and, and you've just said there that you're obviously talking about or you're having hits with Darren Lehman about 2020 and preparing for 2020 cricket. Does it get difficult to balance those formats? Yeah, it's a good challenge. Um, I think you have to do that at this time of year in the preseason. It's, it's a fairly long preseason, but you need that time because it goes really quickly and you you get to the first game and you think, gee, there's so much more I could have worked on and, and uh, in different formats for my game. But um, yeah, going from the last Shield game before Big Bash into Big Bash is such a quick turnaround. I think we get about a week, so it's not much time to, to work on your T20 game and get together as a group. So you need to practice it in the preseason. Um, otherwise, you're not going to be able to work on everything you want to within that week turnaround. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Boys, you got anything to add there? I mean, the big takeaway there obviously is it has, says there's still spots in that Brisbane heat squad. So I'm a massive sniff. You would think. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Mate. Yeah, Keep going. We can, all, we can all agree on that. There's no question. If they're looking for a bloke to turn the strike over to a strike rate of 80 in a 2020, then I'll be the one to come to. Just take your Roadcaster Pro to a Monday night training session, mate, and then headphones <laughs> straight on after hitting a couple of bombs. <laughs> it's a just shameless plug for Roadcaster Pro as well. Hey, Great Buff, product. can you come over here, mate? Uh, I don't actually want to talk to you about my batting. Just uh, can you chuck these headphones on for us? Excuse me, mate. Can you tell me whether it's a laugh or an applause? Uh, as it turns out, boys, I've actually found that applause button too. I'll just showcase that for you. Very good. It's handy, isn't it? Just uh, and improving day by day, uh, which leads me to my next point. Has as per usual, one thing that the show is known for is its great segues. Uh, speaking of improving day by day, you've got two other passions in life. Uh, one of them we experienced together yesterday, which was surfing, but we will come to that second. I think the more pressing issue is actually uh, NRL. Uh, we usually do a wrap of the NRL, and and you've actually let us know at times that it's been quite ordinary. Um, so you've agreed to sort of come <laughs> on and, and help us out today with the NRL wrap. Um, now. Obviously, has because you are here, and it's uh, and it's a big show. We probably don't have time to sort of go through every single game, but we are going to go through, I guess, some of the uh, some of the big events that are being discussed at the moment. Has and I know that you um I've had some interesting discussions with you at times, some somewhat uh, clashing opinions at times in terms of some of these NRL NRL rules that we've uh, we've discussed on the podcast before, and I know that you're. Your stance on it is, is maybe potentially different to uh, to what sort of we read sometimes by some of the big NRL personalities that are out there in the media. So I wanted to get your opinion on a couple of these ones. The uh, the stripping rule, the massive rule that's been debated at the moment on the back of the fact that people are saying that uh, teams have become so good at it that they'll go in with three tacklers, two will drop off, 
and then the one person that knows that he's left there by himself will strip the ball and then that's actually a thing that's being practiced. Is that good for the game or are you frustrated by that? Where do you stand on that one? No, I do like that. I think it's just an adds an extra element to the game and I think it just makes the player with the ball, you know, it relies on them to have good ball security and, and that's what you need to have. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Great. Excellent. As I said, unique perspective from that. <laughs> unique man, Sam Hazlitt. Um, favorite, one of his other passions actually is, uh, what is it, Finska, uh, and then the board. What are the board? You came straight from a board game night tonight. Yeah, board you? game night tonight. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Love, just, love a bit of variation there. It's a rare cat, Hazlitt. Great. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best. And I had a win tonight as well, Has. Yeah, yeah. Just made my day a bit better after yeah, in the dust today. So I need something to, to brighten up my day. Leg glancing one of the keeper. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Can't all be that good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, all right, has sticking with NRL then. What about um, what about the? I mean, some of the I guess the big debate at the moment. If you listen to any sort of NRL three hundred and sixty, any uh, Macquarie Sports Radio, any of those big shows uh, that are talking NRL, there's a, there's a lot of debate about have we gone uh, too insane with some of our sin binnings? I know that they're. I'm thinking of one particular game from the weekend, the the West Tigers Bulldogs game, uh, and we had two sin bins in that game, and it used to be sort of that. Sim binning was sort of saved, I guess, either for professional fouls or, or for really, really ordinary sort of foul play, I guess, um, but and fighting and things like that, throwing punches, and and now we've sort of got sin binning for, for people being hit marginally late at best. You'd have to, well, that would be my opinion. I'm, I'm unsure where you're sort of standing <laughs> on that, but I'll give you a chance to speak. Yeah, so it's I guess it's one situation at a time. We can't can't take them all into one. One group there with oh, my well, response. The, the but, tiger, uh, but The yeah, Tigers fooled no, first. What do, you, what do you think? Definitely, yeah. So Luke Garner there um, definitely uh, deserved a penalty, I believe. His, his, he was, it was late shot on the, uh, on, the, on the guy passing the ball. So that was fair enough to be a penalty. Um, however, I wouldn't have thought it would be a sin bin. Um, but I was listening to a press conference or a chat from Graham Ainsley. I think his name was head of football elite competitions for the NRL. And um, he was saying that there has been a directive sent out to the clubs uh, really emphasising that late hits aren't going to be tolerated and they're trying to protect ball players and, and make sure they're not in any danger of being injured after they've let go of the ball. So I guess if that information's gone out there, then um, then that first one, it was definitely late. So And I think he definitely could have pulled out of that one. So um, not the end of the world in my opinion. But the next one in that game with Chris Smith, Chris Smith yeah. that was so marginally late. It was, it was nearly simultaneous. I mean, if you want to penalise it, Maybe, but definitely not a simbin in, in my opinion. Okay. And uh, it, it did it did lead to a try and uh, nearly nearly changed yeah. the game. Um, Potentially if, the football gods shining down there. Yeah, definitely a bit of karma <laughs> yeah. with um, okay. Paul Momorowski uh, missing that goal. So um, since you've said that name really well, I was going to ask you how to pronounce that. At some <laughs> stage, obviously, went on to miss that kick. We will talk about that later. Actually, has that comes up in a segment that you'd be very familiar with the social simbin. Love it. Favourite yeah. segment, I reckon. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> We've never been put in there, so you will like it at this stage. Um, just be careful with your Twitter use, mate. I'm giving a couple of warnings, I reckon, for a couple of offside penalties there. Um, righto, has our next our next topic that's up for discussion. Keep oh ripping boy. through them here. Um, the use of the bunker, mate. Where do you stand on that? The, uh, the bunker is a very American thing. It's come from, obviously, Mitch's favourite sport, the uh, NFL. Big, oh, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Michael Dixon. Hope he's going well. Um, big man, he gets a mention later too. Yeah. Oh, back. does he really? Yeah. Two weeks in a row for Dicko. Um, great punter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the use of the bunker has – it's 
seems to be copying some serious flack. Obviously, it was a multi-million dollar investment uh, for the game and, and meant to sort of rule out a lot of mistakes within the game. Uh, and some would argue that uh, it is causing more than it's fixing. You know, with, we could probably pick out a lot of examples throughout the season, but I know that there was a video doing the rounds uh, from the Broncos-Cowboys game on Thursday night there, there were probably two incidents one where they were debating whether it was knocked on and even with 752 camera angles they could still couldn't decide that for a Cowboys try uh, that was given a try and then and then the Cowboys obviously had one disallowed as well for an obstruction where uh, in my opinion and you've heard me speak about the obstruction rule before um, Andrew McCulloch still had so much time to make a tackle like a ridiculous amount of time to make a tackle and it was ruled that uh, by the bunker that he was obviously um, taken out of the play or denied an opportunity to make a tackle. Are we are we getting too confused here? It's yeah. I mean, I think it's. I, I like using the bunker if there's if there's a try um, that they're debating whether to try or not, and the, and the refs aren't sure about it. Um, but I don't want it to be used for every little thing that happens. Uh, it's good to have a bit of flow and pace to the game without too many stoppages. Uh, I think the soft signal that they use now helps if there's a some footage that they can't pick up if it was a knock-on or not. So that soft signal uh, probably helps in that situation. Um, but, yeah, definitely with those obstruction penalties, it's, it's very tough. And uh, I think... It would be awesome if they could leave it up to interpretation and say with say the ump- the refs, you know, use common sense. You think it should have been a trial or not? And um, I think it used to be a bit more that way, and that was great. But then people would have differing opinions and different interpretations. So that's what happens when you leave it up to interpretation. People disagree. So makes it tough. So now they've gone to that letter of the law. Um, this is what it says in the rule book. So this is how we're going to interpret it because it says that in the rule book and. Unfortunately, you can't have it both ways, and, and people have complained before it's changed to now using the letter of the law. So, um, so now now it is that 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 Andrew McCulloch certainly had a chance to tackle him, but the uh, lead runner, the decoy runner, there did get in the get in his way, impede him, and and stop in the line. So, so technically, it it was probably right to be called a no try. So you're man, you're more of a uh, a black and white man, I guess. Uh, as you're happy to have the rules in place and have them interpreted exactly as they are written. And I've heard comments from other people that are saying that, you know, these guys that sit in the bunker, they have no feel for the game. They have, they've never played the game. They have no idea what's going on. They're just looking at this rule set. Um, but you're you're happy with the, the sort of real solid interpretation of what's written is, is what's written? I would rather it be um, up to interpretation of the refs and, and common sense, but – as you hear a lot, common sense isn't that common, and and uh, <laughs> and people are going to uh, disagree. So, because of all those disagreements, that's why it is the way it is, and and that's why I understand why they do it. All right, and uh, and has how many of the tries that you scored in junior rugby league for the Redlands Lorikeets <laughs> would have been disallowed? Uh, if you had the bunker. <laughs> plenty, plenty of obstructions. I think I used to get the ball and run backwards and do a big loop and try and run around the winger. So. <laughs> I didn't have too many skills. I just uh, was fast. So that was... Um, Caught it on the inside shoulder of 10 defenders and then ran sideways. Magnificent. Yeah, that was it. Um, has your other, your other passion, and obviously this is uh, something that's probably inspired by me, I guess, um, and my elite skill in this capacity, uh, is surfing. And you uh, you managed to get me down for a uh, for a surf yesterday, which we might have seen a little bit on social media. Eloise, did you see that on social media? I did. did you yeah. impressed? With... 
I think it was live streamed actually that event, wasn't it? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, but has, that's obviously something anyone that follows you on Instagram and I'll grab you a couple more followers there. Um, Sam H yeah. underscore snaps. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, that was not pre-recorded. That wasn't a button on the Roadcaster program. That was live. Um, yeah, so Sam, everyone knows, anyone that follows you on Instagram would know that you are quite addicted to surfing and, and you're actually talking me through the fact that there are actually surfing seasons that was the first that i've ever heard of that and if anything i was hoping that this was the surfing off season because that was the coldest i've ever been in my life yesterday uh but this is actually the surfing on season yep yeah so uh you know all through all over the world they have the events and uh, about halfway through the season now on the on the world surf league tour um do you want me to give you a rundown on, on how the tour is going? I wouldn't mind, absolutely. I mean, part of the show, you would have heard last week, Mitch educated us on um, on NFL. Uh, so we, we're certainly not, I mean, James, just a very surfy look to him uh, <laughs> from the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> from the Sunshine Coast, but an absolute kook. Um, oh, <laughs> yes. Now, you got the bug at one stage for three days. Yeah, I'm all right. I can, I can do it, but... So I, I look forward to seeing that next weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll talk about Lee first. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, Get I mean, that laugh button ready. Yeah, absolutely. I still haven't found it though. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I've got it now. Um, so, yeah, give us a rundown, man. When Mate, I could talk about it all year. Oh, all, all, don't uh, do that. All don't day do long. That. I know, yeah, yeah, you're on a very strict <laughs> yeah, time, uh, yeah. time schedule here. Yeah, me and Mitch went overtime one time. We got fed by the crowd. Yeah, by all eight listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, we doubled now. We're up to 16. Uh, yeah, carry on. Sorry. All right, so the uh, yeah, American Kolohe and Dino's in the lead at the moment, got the yellow jersey. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, he hasn't won an event this year, so he's been very consistent making the finals and semifinals, so gotten himself into that first place position. Um, just overtaken a good mate of mine, I like to say, John John Florence, um, who very unfortunately uh, did his ACL, uh, injured it again, so had to have, had to have surgery. And did he do his to, ACL while surfing? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Jeez. in Rio. So I went for a big air, didn't pull it off, and, and um, yeah, ACL had some troubles. So That's stiff. Yeah, not good for him. He's uh, had to have some surgery on that. And oh, yeah, he's not actually a good mate of mine, I have to say, but we, we did surf together a few times in the Maldives when I was a bit younger. Um, oh, when you say together, do you just mean you – this is what I never understand with surfing. Were you just in the same ocean or you actually had a conversation? We were in the same ocean, in the, on, the, on the same wave, <laughs> but um, but where we were at, there was only a few surfers at once. So I did have a few conversations with him and, and got to know him a little bit and talked about the – Sold them. Sold best best mate. Yeah, best yeah. mates with Long John. That's it. Um, I guess the surprise packet this year is uh, Kanoa Igarashi, the Japanese surfer, who's actually my grandma Peggy's uh, favourite surfer. He uh, won in Bali, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. Good, good knowledge there, Bays. Yeah. yeah, so uh, he's coming fifth at the moment. Um, but down in seventh, can't rule him out, Gabriel Medina just won the last event over in J-Bay. Um, and he's actually the defending champion for three of the next five uh, events. So... He could easily make his way up the leaderboard there, and and uh, and him and a few other Brazilians, Felipe Toledo and Italo Ferreira, are in a good spot to overtake Colohe with that yeah, yellow Jeep leader jersey. How are the Aussies going, Sammy? Yeah, that's what we need to. Is there any Aussie flavour for us? That's it. Great question, okay. guys. Again, welcome back to. Yeah, look, Julian Wilson was up there last year. Um, he's. Uh, He's coming 10th this year, so going okay, but would like to be a bit higher up. Uh, actually, Ryan Callan, another Aussie from Newcastle, I believe, is coming 9th. So um, he's had a really good season, done much better than a lot, a lot of people would expect. So that's really good to see. 
However, um, as in a few sports in Australia at the moment, the women, Australian Aussie women are uh, in a better position than the men. In, That's in so. A few what have we got sports. going on there? Well, we've got Sally Fitzgibbons in second place. Oh, can't even so, I know her name. Yeah, not far away. Yeah. Um, she, would, she would love to win a world title. Don't think she has yet. Um, and the ever consistent Stephanie Gilmore in third place. So she's won a few. Um, yeah. So uh, up, up there behind Carissa Moore, who's um, the Hawaiian, surfing really well at the moment. And she's actually also the defending champion in three of the last four women's events. So it's going to be hard to pip her, I think, for the Aussies, but they'll give it their best. Mm. Outstanding house. That is a serious rap. And uh, I know that when you were sort of trying to inspire me yesterday, actually, you used a, a well known female surfer to try and inspire me as well uh, when I was whinging about how hard paddling was and getting on waves in particular. Hazlitt's, Hazlitt's fired up speech to me was, well, <laughs> Bethany Hamilton can get on waves with one arm. So you should definitely be able to do it with two. <laughs> That is a fair shout. Not a bad shout. And I had a couple of looks at her like YouTube videos of her surfing and she definitely does and quite successfully. Unbelievable. It's an inspiration really. That is a serious, serious effort. Uh, I did not. I think I got on. I got on one wave, didn't I, Has? Yeah, I stood up for a couple of seconds. It counts, doesn't it? That counts. I'd say any time that I paddled for one, I was counting that as catching a wave. So (laughs) literally when people ask me now, can you surf? I say, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm sure you got a few bruises there. Um, yeah. you, I mean, you used <laughs> yeah. the, the, the longboard that Harley Ingleby, a former world champion longboarder, um, that's right, one in the world, used. Wow. Um, and uh, definitely, that. definitely lived Didn't up work. to expectations. Yeah, I think there was magic in the board. <laughs> My first wave was <laughs> lethal. What board was Sam riding? Out of interest, <laughs> Sam was riding. Uh, what can only be described by the locals as. Uh, <laughs> The hourglass figure board. <laughs> we'll get a photo up for the list. Yeah, we will get a photo up. I think we might even. Yeah, we need. We need a photo. Actually, I will upload that photo. Um, so it was. Theory, yeah, it's what's yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, I always get a few comments wherever I go. I go on the beach. Uh, commented on it while Lee and I were walking past <laughs> the other that's, day. That's a weird board. What was the comment? <laughs> yeah, that's where's the middle of your board. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it has it has a lot of theory behind it. I think uh, thin in the middle, so you can get your arms nice and tight into your body and get really deep with your paddling. Um, so get a bit more power, paddle and speed. Uh, that makes sense now. Bit of weight on the front, so it helps you get onto that's the wave. That's all you need in one well. sentence, and then yeah. you want one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could leave it at that, but yeah, there's plenty more. The uh, weight on the front, there's some nose riding and get, get help get you on the wave more. Weight at the back so you can uh, help turn, uh, get some get some turning More stability power. at the back too, for the back leg? Yeah, I guess so. You could say yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely sold. Right. Oh, fantastic. Has you've been, uh, you've been unbelievable so far. There's, there's one more thing that I, um, that I actually did uh, – Eloise, all that I was actually asking you for there was my um, was my phone so that I could play something. <laughs> but that's all right. Thanks for taking a photo. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Wiz. Strong again. Best on. Um, Let's go with the extra mile. Can you speak somewhere near the microphone? Well, no, because I'm sharing a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, Skinner. Um, well, actually, I've got one more thing that we do need has for, uh, but boys, I, is it, I haven't got an official name for the segment yet. Uh, I'm unsure if it's going to have any life in it. Uh, and the moment, we only get emails about skin stats, so I'm sort of trying to take some heat off skin by coming up with a couple of new segments here. Yeah, uh, so but pressure on I'll, I'll, week. Has, I'm going to flight this one while you're here as well, because I feel like you might have some stuff to contribute. Um, 
I was just thinking about it on the weekend and I've decided that there's a serious amount of like overused sporting phrases, I would suggest. And, and let me clarify, so if we can think of any catchy segment name there, uh, that I'm all for it. This one, boys, like I was playing AFL, obviously, on the weekend, uh, as I do. It's not AFL, it's Australian Rules. AFL is where the good players play. Uh, yes. um, <laughs> Australian Rules football is where I, uh, where I ply my trade on a Saturday at 11.45 p- PM, yeah. probably not PM. I think it might be AM. Um, but boys, this this one, oh, it, it blew my mind because this happens all the time. Uh, and sometimes I think these these lines just get sort of thrown out there with zero thinking about what they actually mean or the context that they're set in. So we came in at uh, at half time, and pretty much the whole speech uh, centered around the fact that the team that we were playing didn't want the ball. They don't want it. You know, you would have heard that plenty of times in yeah, playing yeah, AFL, their skin. Yeah, uh, that they don't time. want it. They don't want it. No worries. Perfect. So then we went out after half time. Uh, as I was running past, like the quarter had just started, the third quarter, as I was running down the wing, then their block, their box also yelled out, they don't want it. Yeah, right. So not one person on the field apparently <laughs> wanted the ball. <laughs> not at all. And conditions were pretty bad, but I feel like someone might have wanted to pick it up yeah, at some stage. Someone probably had to have the like, crew it. You would think point. that someone, I mean, it's just, there's no one wants it, apparently, according to all coaches. Uh, and I feel like I, I, I want it. Like, I want it under no pressure and I don't want anyone to tackle me, but I'm still happy to have it. <laughs> pass it over here, someone, surely. Uh, and then the other one, boys, that AFL is very big for, obviously, Rules is very big for, is, um, boys, we're not in the game because we're not playing our game. Or we're in oh. the game, we're winning the game because we're playing our game. Oh, yeah, You've heard that one before, Skin? Yeah, well, our brand of footy. We're playing our brand of footy. Our brand. What brand is that? <laughs> Kick it through the big sticks the same as every other team's trying to do. They <laughs> score more points than them. What's our brand? I don't know. Like, I feel like everyone's got a very similar way that they're playing the game. And that I think that actually transfers over to cricket a little bit too, Has, and this is where I was going to get your, your thoughts, the old play your natural game, boys, play your game, play your game, and then as soon as you get out, <laughs> well, Shouldn't have played the hook shot with three back. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, like a lot of buzzwords we use, a lot of uh, rep- repetition. Um, the buzzwords. That might be something in that uh, has for the segment name. Yeah, so uh, oh, plenty of examples. Um, definitely, we like to say a lot. Keep it simple in, in cricket, and 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 then they say do the basics well, but the basics end up being a list of a hundred different things you have to do well and that's uh, probably not too simple. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm probably a, a, a culprit of that as well when I'm doing a bit of coaching. But, uh, yeah. Absolutely. The old, the old watch the ball one in cricket that gets thrown out at you all the time. Watch the ball from the side, from like the sideline as soon as you play a miss. Oh, you're kidding. That's yeah, good advice. Very strong. Take that on board. Got about that Definitely. One. Baz, you got any for us that you've come across? Uh, no, nah, they're pretty good ones. The old, uh, yeah, they they just really wanted it more. The team today, they just really wanted it more. In fact, we're out here to lose. They, <laughs> it more. I think they both really wanted it, mate. It wasn't their day. Uh, you watch NRL clubs. A lot of times, the team makes a mistake, and and everyone in the team then goes one set, puts their finger up, one set. 
well, there's a lot of times there's one set in the game, so there's, yeah, there's right, I think probably yeah. a few more than one to go. You probably yeah. have to defend the next 20 sets. Well, um, in fact, every yeah. time that the opposition gets the ball, you could put your hand up and say one set. <laughs> <laughs> and they do. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, fantastic. Well, I think there's something in that, boys. There were some great contributions, and Haz wouldn't have been the same without you. Uh, Haz, you're obviously going to um, – you are obviously going to hang around. Most certainly you're our in-house guest, so make yourself at home. I think Skin's got a little homemade cider in there that he's brewed up. I do, um, yeah. That you – Actually, that's you're not the character to offer that to. Uh, in hindsight, you <laughs> really don't drink that. at all. Yeah, but apart from that, there's you're definitely welcome to if you want. But, uh, mm, carry on. Tap water over there, <laughs> milk and Milo. Yeah, um, that's more me there. You know me better. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Help yourself, mate. Make yourself at home. But I do need to get that microphone off you so that Skinnold can uh, open his word count for the evening. Skinnold, time to shine. Yeah, because Skin, this is a segment that we like to call. Skin stats. Not that one. I'm, I'm going to get that good at this soon. Yeah, one day we'll get there. Yeah, don't worry about it, boys. Here you go. Let's go around round Got two. it on a screen and you still get it wrong. No, you just have to wait. These stats don't go easy. What's your quite a lot Yeah, pretty well done, though. Um, We can probably get better at that, I'll be honest. But uh, (laughs) first day, first day on the tools, boys. Give me a break, please. Baz, you meant to get through that with me at some stage. Ah, skin. Skin starts. Jeez, it's been hammered this week. It has. It's been a busy week for Skinnold. Um, Oh, yeah, sorry. Just leaning into me, Mike. Let me get around the contest. Um, Yeah, so we had... Had a massive spike in emails. We've gone from all the way up from one to, to three this week, so it's been had, I've had plenty to do. Um, oh, and I'll try to rattle through the first couple pretty quickly, um, and then had a, had a good time looking into looking into the last one. So we might get get Baze's thoughts on that. Um, but so firstly, we had a little follow up email to the NFL question last week, which hurt. I thought I was thought I was done with the NFL, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you told us so much last week. Yeah, our mate. Um, so our mate Michael Dixon gets another mention. Apparently, we forgot to let 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 people know that um, that Michael Dixon was originally poached from the AFL. He was playing, I think, for the Sydney Swans over here before getting drafted to the NFL as a punter. Anyway. I don't think he played for the Sydney Swans. He was in the Sydney Swans Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, not that we're generally sticklers for the finer details on this particular podcast. but yeah, no, Not at all, but yeah, it's spot on. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I've been asked a follow-up question. How many how many Aussies have been, been pudged from the AFL to the to the NFL? Um, and the answer is 20. Over the, 20. Over the years, there have been 20 blokes, and most of them end up being punters, which makes sense, I guess, because yeah. there's probably a fair bit of kicking in AFL. I wish um, you could get... A job as a handballer in NFL, I'd be strong. And so <laughs> Lockie Neal, actually, he would definitely get a gig over there. <laughs> yeah, Handball right. it as far as possible. He probably handballs it further than I kick it, I reckon. Comfortably. Comfortably, yep. Um, anyway, so that was the first part of that question. We also wanted to know if any of those AFL players have ended up winning a Super Bowl, and they haven't. Um, one bloke, I think Benjamin Graham. Oh, yeah, he played for Geelong, didn't he? Yeah, played for Geelong. Yeah. And then went over... When he was like nearly 30 years old and ended up having a bloody 15-year NFL career as well and played in, I think, the 2009 Super Bowl for Arizona, uh, but they lost, so unlucky Ben. And then <laughs> um, and then one Aussie, one Aussie has won a Super Bowl. Jesse Williams won first with Seattle in 2014, but he was not from the AFL. He just played gridiron over here and then ended up making his way over there, yeah. which makes a bit more sense. That does, yeah. Um, I think – oh, that was – 
And we also just want us to know if anyone anyone had an opinion on an AFL, a current AFL player that would make a good NFL player. But what do you reckon? I'm going Joe Danaher after his big torpedo. For yeah, that's cool. In the Someone with a massive yeah, pump just a big old quick. Boot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very fair. Who kicks it? Matt Suckling from the Western Bulldogs kicks it a long John Silver way. Yep. Yeah, that's probably fair. Throw his name Oscar McInerney, get the big O over there. He can, he can do everything. There's probably no real role for like a or Caleb, someone. Caleb Daniel slash lead running type 14 metre chip kick operator. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, probably not. Or I, I like the idea, Baz's idea about yeah. someone rapid. I wouldn't mind seeing my favourite AFL player, Charlie Cameron, over there in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. See it. Very strong. Yeah. Good option. I also would rather that he stays at Brisbane. Oh, uh, yes. Thanks. Yeah. Really win the flag first. Thanks, Charles. Agreed with that. Jeez, <laughs> he's kicking some goals, isn't he? How like, many? Six on the weekend. Yeah, taking I mean that as like literally and also a metaphor. Is dominating. Yeah, with you. Mm-hmm. All right, so that'll do us for the NFL. Then we had had a second email. Matthew Gillen wants to know more about how the actual stats in sport are gathered. Not so, not so much a specific numbers question, but just talking about, I guess, the process and, and the technology behind it. That's an um, excellent question. Which is a cool question. What a guy. Yeah, thanks, Gills. Um, and obviously- I used to get Baze to try and count my stats uh, on the sideline when he first started coming to watch me play for the Bombs. Yeah, right. But then he ran out of paper too quick, obviously. It was just oh, racking him. Yeah, really racking him up. <laughs> I'd, like to think that, I'd like to think that the professional sort of athletes have it slightly more high tech wouldn't have thought uh, no okay um, but yeah anyway so it turns out there's a, a group called Vice Sports did a pretty a pretty awesome video on this a few years ago um, looking at, at the AFL um, and so there's a there's a company called Champion Data that's hired by the AFL and they, they actually have a bunch of blokes um, that sort of sit there and, and call out the stats um, and enter it into into software and the video is like it's, I'll, we'll post it, I imagine. We can post it, Lethal. We can, we can oh, do that. We can do anything, Skin. All right. Yeah, Just well, as we'll long get, as I press the right button. <laughs> well, we'll get the video up for you. It's pretty awesome. It actually it shows like all the data that they that they use and how they sort of make it like how they make it nice and visual for the coaches and, and sort of enter it in real time. Um, and apparently, like there's a, there's a lot of demand from the coaches about uh, they wanted to sort of find a way to quantify how much pressure is applied during the game, mm. um, which is. I imagine would be quite difficult to do. So they sort of had to look at like, like tackling pressure and chasing pressure and corralling pressure and all these sorts of things. Apparently they decided that that was, that was what wins games. Um, so the video is pretty awesome. You can, you can get a good look at that. Um, and then we've actually got a mate who works in the, for the Brisbane heat, Charles Evans. How's your good mate of Charles? Yeah. Yeah. Charles is our uh, coder. I yeah. So uh, I'll send him a message during the week to find out what, what sort of goes on with the Brisbane heat. And it sounds like a fairly, fairly similar setup. They've got, um, a company called Opta instead of Champion Data that sort of um, takes, care of, takes with, care of a lot of the live data. Yeah, go on. Not to be confused with Optus, obviously. Not the same company. No, no. Good. I imagine really quite different. <laughs> um, I guess it's a bit different in uh, like a footy code compared to cricket. You get a lot of basic stats just off the, the scoreboard, the score sheet. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, no, there's so many true. things happening at once in footy with uh, whether something's a missed tackle or not or yeah. – uh, you know who who assisted the the goal or the try or whatever it might be in each code, uh, which is always tough. And I guess they're always looking back on games and, and readjusting their stats a little bit. Yeah, no, that's um, true, and that's something that they talked about in that video. Actually, the AFL is sort of like one of the most data rich games on the planet, as opposed yeah. to cricket, where it's probably, probably pretty simple. But um, 
That's true, actually, because every time you see Chris Fagan walk into a press conference, he's always got like a full booklet. Yeah, already <laughs> knows. Yeah, he'll bring up like he'll bring up some study. Be like, yeah, I think our uh, forward half turnovers were actually what were there was I think twenty eight today. And then like flicks through this booklet, he's like, yeah, yeah, it was twenty eight. So obviously, like that stuff's been said to him yeah, the exactly. entire game. Thanks to the blokes from Champion Data, mm-hmm. good on it. That's it, and thank you for that question, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Gills. That was good. All right, so moving on. Last question for Skin Stats for the week. Um, and should mention that if this trajectory continues, I'm not going to carry on answering all three and, and potentially six next week and stuff. So just we'll we'll stick to one or two. Um, but last question here. Thanks, you as could stick to nudge. talking into the microphone with Andy as well. <laughs> Apologies. Thanks for the reminder, Hazel. Yeah. Um, anyway, so final question. Josh Golby wants to know, how does the great Donald Bradman compare to sort of the greats of other sports? There's an argument that he's – the greatest athlete of all time, which is, I mean, we've already debated last week about whether he was even the greatest cricketer of all time because obviously there's a lot of people speculating that, you know, faster bowlers nowadays and different batting conditions yeah. mean that it's sort of a bit redundant. There's a few people um, sort of comparing him to Sam Hazlitt, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that happens on a regular basis, Has. Uh, Never actually. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Um, yeah, and so yeah, so that that was the question. Um, does anyone have an opinion before I get rattled into sort of the research that's been done on it? Oh, I back you in with the research, mate. Look, Are we going worldwide? Of worldwide, there'd be so many it's people tough. that would that's say um, Michael Jordan, wouldn't they? But I don't yeah. know the stats behind why he was a gun. Basketball is not my forte. Has yeah. has had something to say that has has something to say. I guess yeah. Well, in terms of stats, I think. I don't know many other sports where there's such a big disparity between the best, the best average, and, yeah. and the second best. I mean, yeah, I know exactly. uh, LeBron James in basketball, for an example, mm-hmm. has quite similar stats from what I hear to Michael Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there is someone that's similar, and they're, they're debating whether he's better or, or not now. Um, yeah, exactly. But I'm not saying that that uh, you know that. Don Bradman is the far and away the best because of that, because like we've you spoke about previously, is such different conditions, different times. It's so hard to compare, but um, just one one outlook on it. Yeah, no, I agree, and that sort of is. I I don't know. Again, I don't know a great deal about the NBA, but my understanding is that that is a, a sort of a point of controversy. That sort of the debate between LeBron James and Michael Jordan is already a pretty big one. So to so to say that either of them would be better than, than the Don the Don is probably a, a tough call. Um, but anyway, so looking at, at the research, a fellow called Charles Davis from, from Melbourne actually did a study on this quite a few years ago. Um, and sort of his approach was to compare how how many standard deviations sort of the most dominant athletes are above the rest of the pack. So not just not just the second best necessarily, but the, the mean of their statistic, right? <laughs> this um, is gonna and, be a classic skin all dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I think I, I think I've mentioned in a previous skin stats about standard deviations and stuff, but it's it's sort of just a measure of spread. So if you're if you're one or two standard deviations above everyone else, you you're going all right. It's I think it's like seventy percent or sixty eight percent of the data is within Two standard deviations. All right, yeah, Basil's got no interest in that, so we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> standard deviation <laughs> off, a, off a good length in and out. We cook about a correct. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean, Baz. Um, anyways, so so he sort of looked at, at yeah all the big names across their sports. So so Michael Jordan um, was the first to to spring to mind for for the NBA, um, and sort of the statistic that he dominated was points per game. 
Um, so he leads the way with 30.12, closely followed by the big Wilt Chamberlain. If anyone knows anything about <laughs> you were going to say yeah. Wilt Chambers. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, as, as Has was saying, Wilt Chamberlain's close behind him on 30.07, and then LeBron is, I think, fourth with 27.36. Um, Jeez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right. just so carrying on. He looked at he looked at, at golf as well. A bloke called Jack Nicholas. Baz, you know a bit more about golf than I do. A bloke called Jack Nicholas leads the way on with major titles with eighteen. Correct. Only three more than Tiger though. Yeah, Tiger's not a massive 15, difference. So not a huge difference. And Tiger's got more overall PGA wins than Nicholas. So Does I think that sport, even those two, are like there. Yeah. Pretty similar in a way. There's not a massive jump there. Yeah, Tiger's got 80 wins, Nicholas 63 wins overall. So it's just because it's Shucks. three more major wins, yeah, both very yeah. good golfers, not to mention a couple other who have got up from 70 to 80 overall wins, but only kind of single fi- figures, major wins, also very good golfers. So I think, um, yeah, pretty similar in the golf realms. All right. Nice. Cheers for the insights, Basil. Um, we looked at, he looked at baseball as well. A fella called Ty Cobb has the best batting average of 0.3664. Brother of Corn, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, that's a blatant lie, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I don't know a great deal about baseball, but the only name I know was probably <clears throat> Babe Ruth, who's in a 10th place with 0.3 something, slightly mm. smaller. Um, it was actually interesting to reading into how, how baseball batting averages work, but in the interest of time, I won't everyone with that thank you um, so I'll finish off by <laughs> saying that he also looked at football and I also don't know a heap about football but apparently a bloke called Perle Perle oh Perle a, a Brazilian fellow was kicking 0.93 goals per game which is ridiculous because wow. I watch plenty of games of football where there's been one zero goal goals scored. Yes, one was zero goals scored Jeez, anyway. that was a great game yeah. that was an unbelievable draw we got yeah. half the points we <laughs> loved it <laughs> And that's 90 minutes sorry to all those people draw. that yeah. play football out there. Yeah, there's probably a few fans. What do you mean? I played NFL. nine years of football. I love it. <laughs> soccer. You actually do love it at cricket training when we played as a warm-up. Yeah, I love it. That's mainly because it's never girls. a nil or draw because no one defends. Yeah. I do, I do play under sixes in soccer. I weren't allowed to play rugby league in under sixes, so yeah, played a so. year of soccer before uh, under sevens rugby league. Yeah, actually, I got around it in under sevens as well. It's great. Man. Yeah, you got around it the opposite of how you get around the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So these blokes um, are the most dominant in their their sort of fields, um, and respectively they are sitting 3.4, 3.5, 3.6, and 3.7 standard deviations above the mean of of their relevant statistics, right? Right. So they're all sort of pretty close in there around each other. Right. Um, Well, Don, what do you got back? Can we take a couple of guesses here? How many deviations Don's above Smith? (laughs) Seven, eight. No, he's not that impressive. But I'm going five, five point six, six point two. Right, well, thanks for your guesses. You're all horrible. Is <laughs> four, four point four standard deviations yeah. above yeah, above the rest of the pack. Um, so you've made it sound less impressive than it is by having your terrible guesses, but it's not negligible, right? Like he's a he's a long way ahead of of everyone else. So that is, I mean, it's yeah, it's a controversial argument, and you can. I mean, like there's there's so many sort of grey areas in there to decide even who's the best in their sport. But looking at it that way, um, yeah, you would certainly have a strong a strong argument to say that the Don is the greatest athlete we've ever seen. Mm. Very strong. 
Mm. Oh, hey, I had one last final point. So just to just to sort of put things into easy skin I just wanted to sort of put things into perspective for people. So just to be on the same level, Michael Jordan would need to be shooting forty three points per game. Oh, Jack Nicholas would have had to have won twenty five majors. This is like seven, quite an seven more point. than his one. So he's oh, uh, better come yeah. out of retirement, Jacko. <laughs> so Sedon, Sedonald, very handy. Well done, Skin. Yeah, yeah, that's great, great questions done. again. Great yeah, questions again. Do you need a round of applause for that, Skinner? Yeah, I'll take one if you're offering. Well, I'm happy to give you one. Just a small one. Yeah, but that was very, very good. That was in the interest of time as well. Um, and this is actually a sound effect that I was meant to be doing the entire time. That signifies that we're changing topic. Uh, yeah. So, boys, we are moving past Skinnel's stats and we haven't got a huge amount of time for an AFL wrap. What we do have enough time to tell you is that the Brisbane Lions win again. Baz, how many in a row there? For eight that? in a row, boys. Hey, thank you for coming. Thanks for the beanie as well. You're welcome oh, for the wins. Welcome for the wins. <laughs> Not welcome for the stench. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's been washed. I can tell you, listeners, yeah. um, it has been washed, the beanie, and uh, the wins continue, so... It's obviously so we're the thread. Didn't break the spell. Nah. Spell. 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 <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and then, boys, the only other thing I wanted to talk about out of AFL, uh, and you should all have a story for me here, is the Essendon game on the weekend. Essendon were beaten by the Western Bulldogs by a ridiculous amount. At one stage, I think the Western Bulldogs kicked 22 goals in a row straight. 22 yes. straight goals without answer. Yeah, guess who Skinner tipped? I'm going to say not <laughs> the not Western Bulldogs. Not the Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, oh I'm at everything to do with picking anything sport relevant. Jeez, I was really worried <laughs> about stats. where that sentence was going at one stage. Confident athletes, Skinner. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, that's not a great tip. I wouldn't have thought. Nah. Um, what is the biggest loss that you've ever been involved in, boys, do you reckon, in your own playing I think I was on the end of quite a few playing junior rugby league for Capalaba Warriors. It was oh, really? a, yeah, we ended oh, yeah, we ended up winning the flag in under twelves, but I think probably all through under elevens we were getting dusted by at least 70, 80 points a week, which was not ideal. Yeah, well, I, I remember a lot of the positives. Um, the one, ones you win by a lot. I think I've tried to put it, put out of my memory the ones I lost by a lot. Yeah, the, the biggest rugby league win was against Capalabar, actually, playing for East Carina. But that was before the days of the bunker, though, so all has his tries have been disallowed, so it was probably only win yeah, by eight sh- points. Yeah, it would have been about Can't take it back now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, I do remember one year we were playing uh, rugby league against some Brendans, and uh, early in the season I think we beat them 60-odd nil or so. Um, we were a pretty good team. And uh, a bit controversial, we, uh, they, they got a new player in, uh, overseas import, uh, let's just say. A young, obviously, I was like under 14s, but um, he may not have had a birth certificate uh, at the time and they, they just assumed his age. But he was, he was quite impressive. Didn't know which way to run the ball at first, but ended up, I think, scoring about 10 tries for them and, and they then oh, beat us 60-odd nil the, the next game we played them. So that was quite a thumping. That is a thumping. Yeah, that's a handy recruit. Anything yeah, there, boys, I've had a couple, but probably none worse than losing uh, 21 to 1 uh, in ping pong, uh, <laughs> table tennis, against the great Nicky Ferrero. Oh, he is uh, a gun at the game. Here. Absolute uh, gun. We, uh, a family friend, a family friend of ours, uh, Matt Gillum's, uh, obviously, father-in-law. So, mm. And um, 
through Matt, we were able to meet Nikki and play some ping pong and we talked up a big game for a while there, didn't we? Um, <laughs> I thought we were freaks at table tennis uh, before we met him. Quite a long time talking up a big game. Bloody Olympic medals in his closet. Yeah, absolute guru. Yeah, and I sure. remember just getting absolutely smashed. Oh, he hits those spin serves that are like wrong-ins. <laughs> I have no idea which way they're going. I was trying to slog sweep, reverse sweep, <laughs> traditional sweep, poor defence. <laughs> Oh, nothing. <laughs> yeah, that, he is a master. That's for sure. I've copped a couple of pastings from him as well. Um, Haz, I might need your help for this segment as well, so I'm pleased that you're still here. Social cinnamon, boys. Uh, there was a week off last week, obviously, um, but we do have a couple that we need to get to today. Um, the first one, I think, uh, and we did mention that while we were just sort of discussing the Steve Smith um, situation last week, that we had a couple of cricket-related ones that we needed to include. Uh, but this one, boys, um, takes the cake, I think. Uh, and this was on in regards to the selection uh, of Australia's team uh, and I've been storing this one up this is from Mooks his name is not a common name I don't think but oh, I haven't heard that one uh, <laughs> 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 okay <laughs> luckily for you no one heard what you said because it was from <laughs> you've shot a three pointer at the microphone again <laughs> from deep you're taking half court shots at the yeah it's a fourth mark <laughs> How's the budget? <laughs> okay. Mooks says this. Uh, why are two wicket keepers in Australia's squad? What Matthew Wade is doing in Australian team? Why not a specialist batsman in there in place of Matthew Wade? Australia is doing the same mistakes that India did at the World Cup. This is my favourite part. I've just built suspense here. Matthew Wade has scored a lot of runs in first-class cricket and has been picked on the basis of that. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yes, Mooks. Uh, that is probably why he's been picked, and it's not the worst reason. <laughs> There's not so many other reasons I can think of why someone would get picked. That's right. I don't understand. Like the last, the last part just answered the first half of his question. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. It was like oh. a persuasive essay where yeah. he persuaded himself yeah. <laughs> and then went back on his argument. <laughs> right. Uh, thank you, Mooks, and see you in the sin bin, which is very common now, as has has already established for us. So there'll be plenty of people in there with you. Um, yeah. Uh, the next one goes, and we did speak about this. So I told you that we'd bring it up again. The Paul has say his name, please. Momorovsky. Yeah, Momorovsky. Uh, he was designated goal kicking duties on the weekend, and then obviously, heartbreakingly, uh, had a shot. Obviously, with like a minute to go, that would have taken the game to Golden Point and missed it from probably not under the black dot, but a relatively simple conversion as far as conversions go. Um, which was heartbreaking. And also there were some great acts of sportsmanship, I think, from some of the Bulldogs players uh, to get around him and actually put a hand on him and stuff and make sure that he was all right because you, you really did feel for the guy. Um, but it leads me to our social sin bidding of Nucky. Um, some of these names are not yeah, what the heck? believable. Yeah. Um, these aren't even fake names either. Uh, Nucky says, I hope Masters' selfish move to hand the goal kicking to Mamorowski it's not correct, is it? Oh, close enough. Yeah, right, sweet. Uh, to help his own form tr- made him feel better because it sure did not help his teammates 
and Mamorovsky. Um, the only issue I have with that, and has I feel like you have some bits to offer here, is I don't think Masters gift-wrapped the goal-kicking duties and handed them over in his Chris Kringle. Um, it's like, that's obviously not how it works. Yeah, and in the past, I, last few years, Masters has been pretty good with his goal-kicking. He's got a pretty good goal-kicking percentage, but has really struggled this year uh, for reasons I'm not sure. But um, fair enough, the, the coaching, the staff, or uh, whoever decided that they should probably pass the kicking duties on to someone else. Um, I doubt it was Masters' call. Uh, and... And they will they would pass it on to who they think is the best, most likely to kick the next goal. Um, I think Momorowski's been in and out of the side a bit. I haven't seen him kick a lot. I think they've given a few other guys a go. Um, and earlier in the game, he kicked a couple of good goals and and showed some promising signs. I think he he, he was looking good. But being early in his career, maybe felt a bit of pressure to kick that goal. Game on the line, and uh, yeah, he looked pretty nervous shaping up for it. Um, yeah. And even if even if Masters did say, look, I'm, I'm not doing it, guys. I'm done with the kicking duties. That's probably fair enough. I mean, if, you, if yeah. your confidence if is shot... If he's not kicking them well, then why would he not hand? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> that's a selfless, a selfless thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not a selfish thing. That's right. So you're happy with us to bin him then, Has oh, Without a doubt. Yeah, you're quite supportive of the sim bin anyway, so uh, that's good. Thank you very much, Has. Now, uh, boys, the other group, and I've got to be careful here because we actually link people to their articles quite a bit. Um, so it's not Fox Sports as a whole, obviously, wonderful, wonderful. We pay our subscription fees uh, and a great, great broadcaster. Uh, but they had one guy that must have been on work experience or something during the Ashes test um, because just every update that he wrote, and this was actually brought to our attention by Charlie Griffiths, big fan of the show. So thank you very much, Charlie, for your involvement. Um, but every single time that he wrote an update uh, on the fourth day, it just confused him. He had a meltdown. It had to be his first day. On the fourth day, <laughs> he wrote he wrote this over the ashes. Um, Fox Sports, he, that's who he, obviously, that's not what he wrote. That's who he works for. Uh, so we'll delete that. Um, yeah, but he wrote that uh, Australia has absolutely dominated the fourth test. That was his first one. Uh, which is difficult to do in the first test. Uh, and then and then his next one, like he deleted that one and then came back with amazing scenes on the fourth day of the test. So just having Darcy an absolute Ford. mare, Darcy Fort got a run <laughs> Birmingham as well. Either that or he knows something we don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Right. Yeah, that's exactly something. Yeah, maybe. He's reading into the future there. The fourth test, boys. Get around it. Um, who's who's the punter from last week? Yeah, You'll be having a punt. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. How's going to cover your houses on that? <laughs> Unbelievable, um, boys. And this is this is obviously something new that I uh, I wanted to bring in this week as well. I know we do that. Obviously, wraps up the social symbol, um, but this next part is related. Uh, I, we we sort of spend a fair bit of time putting people in the bin, but there's also a couple of uh, a couple of heroes that I think that um, have gone sort of unnoticed here. Uh, on Twitter, and, I, and so I want to I want to sort of name and shame our uh, our Twitter hero of the week, uh, and this person goes to Rab. Uh, but this particular gentleman says, I don't reckon when the Empire sent their undesirables to the Southern Colony that they foresaw vengeance being served to them by a man named Nathan bowling offies while wearing speed dealers. <laughs> Uh, so I think that is a magnificent tweet, obviously, in reference to the performance on the final day by Nathan Lyon. Wonderful. Uh, faced him before, has? 
Yeah, I think he's got the better of me. Uh, yeah. He got me, got me out a couple of times. <laughs> Bad memories there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, wrapping up, guys, and this is obviously, again, one of Skinnold's favourite sports and does need to be mentioned. The Wallabies' unbelievable performance on the weekend. Skin, we know you're a huge rugby fan. Yeah, massive. Yeah. Sort of the last four minutes. Did you really? Yeah. Any kicks? Uh, no, actually. I was wow. impressed. I just, like, ran the ball. Proper running. Yeah. There you go, skin. Tire them out with the force and backs early. Run through them at the end. Like it. Uh, and then they obviously the Australian men at Optus Stadium, they've wrapped that one up 47 to 26. Uh, the, and they go over to Eden Park now, which is a, they haven't won there for a long, long time. Long time. Well, they certainly haven't won a Bledders like Cup for 17 years. This would be the first one in 17 years. It's only a two match series. Uh, so they do need to win, unfortunately, to take the honours there. Uh, in Eden Park, for whatever reason, has proven to be a very, very difficult place to win. Uh, the Wallaroos women's team, boys, they unfortunately did not go as well. They were defeated 47-10 to 10 by uh, the New Zealand women's team there as well in the preceding game. Boys, that is smack bang on the hour, uh, which is fantastic timing. Really, really good. Uh, so... Essentially, all that's left to do now um, is to thank Haz a great deal. Thank yep. you, Sam. Thank uh, you, Now, I know there will be, obviously, week. there will be some people that are that are whinging and screaming about the fact that there's no song of the week. I get that. Um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes you just get writer's block, um, and that's what we've experienced this week. Uh, and by that, I mean we haven't at all. We had another song ready to go, but the podcast has gone for too long. <laughs> so we will get that up for you at some stage. You'll definitely get to listen to that. Um, but yeah, you, you you can't hear the same segments every week, can you, Skinner? It's all about diversity. No, I've got to keep changing it up. It's right. growing. And we had Haz on the uh, on the show this week, which sort of replaced the song. It's great news. It's been great to be here. I'm sure... Uh Hopefully, I can convince you to let me come back because I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, man, fun no, if we ever get a new microphone so that Skinner would actually stop shooting half courts and <laughs> gets his face around it, uh, then you'd be more than welcome. That is for sure. Uh, boys, great efforts again, as per usual. Uh, you know where to find us. There's obviously Facebook, Skin. There's you keep the emails coming, please, at we got the chocolates. Uh, at gmail.com. That's where all of our questions go for skin stats. He's struggling to keep up with them, but please keep hitting him. He appreciates them a great deal. Uh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram, obviously. We give some great entertainment there, I would think, and you'll see a couple of the songs that we do sing throughout the week there. Uh, what else have we got? Twitter is available. Facebook, obviously. Facebook, obviously. That's so important that we've said that twice, I think. Oh, jeez. Um, Thanks, Basil. <laughs> Fading, boys. Thanks, guys. Uh, Baz has hit 10.40, so he definitely needs to be in bed. Uh, you have been wonderful again, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Sam Hazlitt. We look forward to having you again, and we look forward to speaking to everyone this time next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.